You're listening to Surly Talk Sport. Brought to you by Sky Sport now. Oh, good. Welcome back. Surly Talk Sports. Back in the saddle again for another jam-packed show, The Sporting World. She's in full flight at the moment. Plenty of different codes to cast the eye over. So strap yourselves in for episode 13. Today's show, as always, it's brought to you by the legends at Sky Sport. Now, remember, if you're not already a Sky customer, head to their website, www.skysportnow.co.nz or download the app. On your smart TV, your phones, or your laptop, use the code SURLY10 at checkout and you'll get yourself an SDS exclusive 10% discount, which applies to both the weekly, monthly, and annual pass, making the annual subscription less than a dollar a day. That'll give you access to all your Sky Sport and ESPN channels. You won't find better value than that, so get around them, the home for sports streaming here in New Zealand. On today's show, special guest alert, joined by Chiefs lads Anton Leonard-Brown and Sean Stevenson to chew the fat on all things Chiefs, their big win last weekend, and also take a look at their game this week against the Spate Soldiers. It's also magic round in the NRL, so we will preview that. The NBA Finals, they're in full swing, some big upsets already in Game 1 of the Conference Semis, so we'll dissect those matchups. Then we'll also rip into the Q&A, had a quick sabbatical from it last week, but she's back, so plenty to sink the teeth into. So let's rip into it. How good's a Thursday? Big fizz. Kicking things off with the Super Rugby this week because as mentioned, we have a couple roosts jumping on to chat all things Chiefs. But before that, let's rip into reviewing and previewing the week's other games. Round 10 got underway in the capital with the Swirls holding out the Brumbies 32-27 in a high-scoring shootout with both sides crossing for four tries. But it was Barrett's boot providing the difference and getting the home side over the line and the Canes they dominated all the key stats put in a pretty good display but there'll be one area of worry for coach Plumtree and that is the defense they made 98 tackles but they missed 30 that is way too high and if they replicate that again this weekend against the drawer over in Fiji they could find themselves in some hot water so hopefully a big improvement there the standout performance for me Thought Asafo Amoa was strong again in the pack, racked up 98 metres off eight carries with four defenders beaten, and he was proving a real handful running in those wide channels of phase play. And speaking of wide channels, Celesi Rayasi, old Celesi, he was a menace out there too. 13 carries for eight defenders beaten. There would have been some sore ankles in the Brumby side on Sunday morning 
another strong showing from him and also Cam Roygaard who in my opinion continues to put pressure on those current All Black halfbacks surely he secured himself a spot in that All Black 15 side which will be named following the Super Rugby season there'll be an All Black squad and an All Blacks 15 and old Roygaard he's been scoring tries for fun as well looks to certainly be one for the future and no doubt Fozzie has his name penciled in. Following that game with the Tars getting one up over the Landers and a tight one as predicted 21 to 20 over in Sydney. She was a slow start for the Spate Soldiers down 14-6 at Oranges but they came out in the second half with a hiss and a roar shot out to a 20 to 14 lead only to have the old Tars hooker Mahi Vailanu get into his mahi in the final minute and cross for the game winner right on the hooter heartbreak galore just the three wins from nine games so far for the landers and it doesn't get any easier for them this week taking on the undefeated mana men they're gonna need a big shift at home to get the dub in this one super saturday with the four games with the main two being the draw versus the blues in fiji and then of course the chiefs versus crusaders game which will save for shortly relief personified for blues fans like myself we avoided the banana skin and in the end the scoreline looked pretty flattering 30 points to 14 but boy were we made to work hard for this dub the lad certainly made plenty of mistakes she was hardly champagne footy but in the end our set piece really crushed them particularly at scrum time and this allowed us to get piggyback penalties galore and then convert them into points I thought our skipper Kelly Dalton's Dalton proper freaky papali'i he put in a big shift on return from injury with the other standout for me being Harbour Heat skipper and all-round good roost Cam Suafoy he's really making that locking role his own of course typically more often seen in the flank strong at line out strong ball carrier and filling the gap admirably for the Blues each week he seems to improve just a little more so a great shift for the inspirational lead from the mighty harbour hibiscus and the backs oh Plumtree, he put in a good knock as did zan sullivan and mark talia eight carries for 84 meters with six defenders beaten he's a slippery character proving tough to handle so on to this week and of course all six games they're live on sky sport one throughout the weekend with four games on your super saturday to rip into three of them featuring kiwi sides so you can rock the old jewels screen magic round on one super rugby on the other so you don't miss a minute of the action on your super saturday with the draw versus the canes first up over in fiji at 205 followed by the crusaders versus the force at 435 and then to finish the blues versus moana at 705 the battle of the 09 and of course i'm back in the blues to get the dub and i think they will do so fairly comfortably but shout out to the moana one of the great social media videos they facetimed old dalton in their full kit if you haven't checked it out yet make sure you do we need more of this in rugby i reckon league it's winning the old social media battle by a country mile so it's great to see the lads getting a bit of banter going before this week's game hopefully the start of much more to come but without further ado let's get that duo on from the mana men to talk all things chiefs Managed to grab a couple of the great shooter and Anton for a quick little catch up. A bit of a general question to start. How's life for the lads at the moment in between footy, saunas, losing to Beaver and golf? You've had a bit on between the two of you, eh? 
Yeah, right. But, yeah. <laughs> he's on it's been losing. So ask right. him if he's got if he's getting a better or not, bro. That's that's the big question. That's nah, been good, bro. Um, yeah, a few saunas here and there, a few ice baths at two degrees. Um, go, yeah, my, my golf's going all good. I don't know about Brown. He's he shot ninety five the other day. So um, off the back tees, bro. Even been back, he shot <laughs> like he had one good round. Doesn't come back. <laughs> Brand new <laughs> clubs, eh? Haven't been putting them to the test, surely. Oh no, nah, no, nah, they actually have been been going actually real good. But um, just go pick my pick my time, bro. So probably, probably should give being away on the podcast. <laughs> just flicking dust. <laughs> State of it. And you got the dub last week against the old rivals, the Crusaders. How good was that, bro? Get the win in front of what twenty three thousand Hearty Chiefs fans. Yeah, man. I, I all the boys say it, but fuck, honestly, the crowd was so good, man. Like. Yeah, never ran out to a sold out crowd at BFMG Stadium, let alone during round robin. Like, yeah, it was crazy, man. It was um unreal feeling. And yeah, boys, I'll see yeah, got up for the occasion as well. You know, we uh good old uh, game of, you know, we got on the lead, they came back, they got on the lead and then uh, managed to put them on, on full time. So now nah, boys um stayed calm under pressure and, and managed to come away with the chocolates which was uh, which was nice. Yeah, it was unreal to watch um, and be in the crowd and, and see this guy carve it up. Um, and it's been so long since I've seen a fully from G Stadium for the Chiefs. 2013 was the last time when they were playing the finals. So yeah. that shows um, how special it was. Yeah, that's mad. And a couple of weeks back, Shooter, you mentioned that there's been a big focus on D and that being like what you've built your game around. So, what, 174 tackles, 17 miss. The boys must have been pretty stoked with that effort. Yeah, I think we're leading um, in terms of one of the better defensive teams in the comp. So, mm. um, yeah, I guess it's just uh, one of those things that, you know, it's on each, even, uh, each individual to um, bar up. And as you can tell, like, uh, you know, I guess there's a um, fan of the game, you know, the Chiefs is, uh, I guess, good to watch in terms of our defence. So, our boys are putting in the, the hard yards and um, it's just good to see because obviously um, defence wins you the games. It's sort of that cliche term, but um, it's definitely working for us. Our defence has been unreal and our big boys are getting around the park and putting in the big uh, back-to-back uh, moments. Sure, and Anton, bro, you've been out with injury, but what's your thoughts on how the boys have been tracking so far? And it must be nice to come back in with the lads nine from nine. Yeah, I'm real. Um, probably just shows the the depth of, of our squad. You know, one to thirty six. Everyone that's been playing has done their job, and um, you know, really picked as a team this year. We sort of knew over the last couple of years that we had a good squad, we had a lot of talent, um, but. Sort of this year, it's coming to fruition, and then we've got you know so many guys stepping up and, and playing out of their skin. So you know they've um, unreal to be back. They're nine for nine, and you know I guess for me it's just about doing my job and looking forward to to running out with my fatty and, and the boys again. Speaking of nine, bro, shooter, you got nine meaties so far this year, three off the season record. It's just held by your attack coach, Roger Randall. Do you reckon if you get real close, the bro will just mix things up, change all the strikes and starve you of the ball? Um, no, nah, it, was, it was actually quite funny he brought it up. He brought the stand up the other day, so I don't know if he was a bit nervous or if he, um, if he just wanted to plug that in there that he was the top try scorer um, back, in, back in his days. But um, yeah, I've, bro, just... Just been lucky, I guess, in, in some aspects, you know, happy, happy to be on the end of the chain sometimes and uh, put the ball down. But 
yeah, kind of just don't really uh, think about it at the time. You just, yeah, try to find that white trial line and um, hopefully get over it. And one for you, Anton. Shooter's obviously been getting a bit of press lately, mate. So how have you been ke- keeping him in check, keeping that ego intact? He's a little bit like a helium balloon at the moment. <laughs> so um, I'm rocks to his, to his ankles um, to oh. sort of, you know, keep him, keep him down. Um, yeah, I've, I've been busy. Had to do it to Damien McKenzie as well. So, um, you know, keeping his keeping his millions that he just yeah. signed on, bro. So, yeah. uh, dollar signs for him. They often they do um, uh, Hamilton balloons uh, earlier on in the year. And I keep seeing them every morning again pop up. So, uh, nah, he's playing unreal and he's keeping himself in check. And before we touch on this week, just wanted to jump back a couple of weeks to a real highlight of the season so far from me, and that was that Bryn Gatlin bump off with Shooter, bro. When I saw it at the time, thought it was the ultimate stitch up hospital pass of doom. But did either of you two think he had it in him, old Gats? Uh, to be honest, he's actually for, for Gats, like he's obviously a first five, but he's actually got a bit of mongrel to the guy. So, um, <laughs> yeah, he doesn't mind putting his. Uh, Head in dark places, and he's also come on a couple of times at twelve now. So now he knew they were headed in, but I don't know to sit to sit. Um, I can't remember who it was on, but to sit him on his ass, like yeah, it was pretty good going from him. Some people say it was a hospital pass, but I just saw where the space was, and he just had to get there. So that was one way of getting there. Yeah, he's, he's been giving me shit about um, jumping to the midfield and kicking out the dog, and you know, I guess uh, the kudos to him for. <laughs> Yeah, pretty impressive, right? I don't think I have that in my game. Taking on the Landers this week, bro, down at the old Sistema lunchbox, Friday night footy, and no doubt the zoo will be out in big numbers. Pretty special night for you two, Anton, raising the bat. 100 games, a heck of a shift. How excited do you get back out there with the lads and run amok under the roof? Yeah, no, nah, looking forward to it. I'll have heaps of family down there, and I mean, sort of the 100 games been been a long time coming. Last couple of games, it's taken a while to, to play, so... You know, hopefully I get through this one all right. But, yeah, it's, it's going to be special and, you know, under the roof, dry footy. I'm um, looking forward to it and, you know, love playing in front of the zoo. It's a pretty special place, old Dunners, especially on a Friday night. Could think of worse places to be. So surely lads get the dub, rip into a few grins and see where Dunners' nightlife takes you. Yeah, shooters on uh, after match. So oh. surely, surely some grins. No, no pressure, eh? Yeah, <laughs> no pressure. That no, should be good, obviously. Big occasion for me, but um, yeah, I guess it's like anything. He would, you know, come out, hopefully come out with the win and then celebrate his hundredth afterwards. So um, that would just be special to run out for his hundredth and in front of his family. And um, now the boys are up to put in a, a big performance. In. If you're on the after match, he's going to be sloppy. And then a last little check in <laughs> on the old NRL fantasy. I see how the boys are tracking. I saw Knights prop Leo Thompson. He was over there watching the twin bro. Did he give you any hot tips? And is Sam Kane still the guy to beat? We had a few beers with him on um, after yeah. the game on Saturday. So good to chew the fat. But um, I don't know. Some boys would have asked him a few fantasy questions, but uh, a bit too nervous to ask them as well. <laughs> oh. But um, no, all he said to me was just captain him. Captain him, yeah. He's coming back for a few big games. Back him in. He runs hard, yeah. man. Shit. <laughs> yeah, no, he's, um, he's been playing some quality 48. So, but Sam Kane, I don't know if he's leading at the moment. I'll actually I'll pull no. it up. I oh, think yeah, um, one of the leagues. One of the leagues he is. Yeah. Spends all his time on fantasy. Genuine, honestly, like if there's one person on the team that's just always on his phone about fantasy, it's him. 
that day up at the Waz Lounge, I asked them who would be a good convert, and they all agreed that Shooter, you'd you'd be trash. They reckon so. <laughs> Guzzler was pretty yeah. happy you didn't go because he reckons it would have been no good. Because oh, no, Guzzler reckons that he would be a good convert, yeah. right? That's why. I'm not sure what Wayne Bennett's season shooter, eh? <laughs> <laughs> Many have been um, led astray, eh? Many have been led astray. We've got uh, Luke, Luke Jacobson and Bradley Slater in our league and mine, mine from mine at the moment. So they're going strong. Mm. And then Solomon Alamolo and Sam Kang are out the top four. But um, yeah, you, bro? Uh, uh, I'm 12th at the moment. Oh. <laughs> 12th out of 16, and then oh, I'm on the oh, he's oh, he's one three and six, bro. I'm three, three and six, six bro. But I'm competitive, competitive. Skimming in that top eight, bro. I mean, it's all on. No more. I'm not gonna have any trades by the next three weeks, so that's <sighs> that's the problem. Sounds like your NBA fantasy, too, boy. Shocking, shocking. Right. We got Anton on the league, so um, yeah, we'll let you know. Yeah, might get the dub again. Yeah, hard. Bragging rights, surely. Well, cheers for jumping on, lads. All the best for this weekend. Again, congrats on the milestone, Anton, and shooter, surely a couple meaties. I'll be backing you. Chiefs 13 plus. Go well. Yes, really. Great man. Go the coat. So another week in the books in the NRL round nine. And again, she dished us up a bit of everything. A couple golden point bonanzas, a few blowouts, and even a couple cheeky upsets as well, which you love to see. For me, jotted down a couple main talking points from round nine. So let's rip through those. Firstly, the Cowboys, they stink. They got dismantled 44 points to six by the Sharks on Thursday night. And I really can't figure them out. Last year, under Toddy Payton, they look to be every bit the real deal. Their roster hasn't had much turnover. Pretty similar squad to what went around in 2022. So maybe he's lost the locker room. Old Payton, the lads could well be a bit off him. But either way, I certainly didn't see this coming from them sitting in 16th with just three wins from their first nine games. Don't get me wrong. The Sharkies, they're playing some bloody good footy. But 44 points to six, that is an embarrassing shift from the lads from Townsville. The Broncos, are they the real deal? Apart from Penrith round one, they've been pounding loser sides and they've had a bloody favourable draw too with only two of their nine games so far having been played outside of Brizzy. But this was their first real test in a couple months and they lose at home 32 points to six to the Bunnies. And the Bunnies, they're hot at the moment. Cody Walker, Damian Cook, Campbell Graham playing some unreal code. Old Campbell Graham, he's got to be in Freddie Fittler's calculations for New South Wales, surely. But geez, are they playing good footy. Disappointing for the boys from Brizzy, though, and you just get that feeling. Maybe they are this year's flat track bullies. We will see up against Manly this weekend. And speaking of Manly... They still suck without Tommy Turbo. Highlighted by the Titans rocking up to Brookie and pants down Eagle rocking them 26 points to 10. And I saw a stat from Random Stats Guy which further emphasised this as well. They have a 34% win record without Turbo. So boy will they be stoked to see his name to play again this weekend. That's pretty abysmal stuff though. The Titans get it done with Brimo going down with a hamstring injury as well. Winning the Kieran Foran Bowl. The Tigers, they love themselves some wet weather footy. Bathurst dished up a shocker of a night and the Tigers responded by giving Luke Brooks his first win in over a year 
of NRL Rugby League. Resign the kid. He's my origin seven now. Two 40-20s. What a display from him. All previous form. That goes out the window. And it was interesting to see post-game. The Tigers lads. They knew the team song. Which I was surprised at. But I did notice. Old Nofaluma scored his 100th career try. Gestured to Benji. He was keen on a cold one. Benji said they didn't have any in the chilli bin. So clearly the head of hydration. He wasn't backing the lads to get up and get the win. They couldn't even celebrate with a Darren Froffier in the sheds post-dub. That's one of the best beers that exists in mankind. The old post-dub changing room beer with the lads. So tough times. But fair to say that win, that would have made Coruscant pretty happy. The Waz, another week, another ref in. In all seriousness though, again, nothing went our way. She was tough conditions at Mount Smart, raining cats and dogs. But that didn't stop the 20,000 plus faithful from putting bums on seats. In saying that though, I feel like we played a little too much to the conditions. We really tightened her up and at times I just thought we didn't throw any shots at the Roosters. On attack in particular, we just opted to truck the nut, made some bad mistakes in key moments. Jackson Ford dropping the ball just shy of the line. A great example of this. On to the refere. Tell me that wasn't a shoulder charge, a ridiculous call, and it was made even worse by the fact just a couple moments later, Satili Tupanua, the culprit of said shot, he then goes down and dots for a meaty, should have been in that bin that fan made for Victor Radley, and that was some great stuff as well. Good to see Waz fans getting out there, dominating social media with their passionate displays of fandom. You gotta love it. James Tedesco, he dropped the ball clean, was a allowed to play on again a shambles and then Dimitri Sifakula on debut he got pinged for an incorrect play the ball pretty clear the Roosters player had his foot underneath it did the old toe raise and should have been penalized for that as well what a shambles shout out to Dan Carter he was there at the game and Jesus he just as good looking in person as he is on those jockey ads. Dan if you're not up to much mate we'd love to have another kicking option out there for SJ so lace them up and then you can finally say you've played for New Zealand's national sporting side. What an honour that would be but back to the boys congrats to Dimitrix Sifakula on debut thought he certainly didn't look out of place only just turned 19 years old what a weapon he is gonna be shout out to Adam Fenor Blake as well got through 75 minutes in the middle played both prop and lock ran for 194 meters and made 34 tackles with just the one miss a massive shift from the big fella. Wade Egan Park. Great to see him get through 80 minutes unscathed. He made 45 tackles as well. With just the two misses. And Joshy Curran. He racked up 41 for one miss. I also thought Dallin Wartini Zelezniak. Gave it a red hot crack at the back. Boy does he carry hard. Was giving me some real Carmichael Hunt vibes. 161 metres in the one jersey. Definitely worth a tick of approval for the Roosters. I thought the Butcher Brothers, 110 tackles, no misses. You got to tip your hat to those two. But of course, this is a Warriors podcast, so we'll finish her up with a final honourable mention. And that goes out to Montoya, the destroyer, Marcelo, our centre slash winger, pound for pound, the strongest man in the NRL. He's a heck of a bloke. 
on and off the field. Loves the club, loves the fans. So it's great to see him stay put till the end of the 2025 season. He's re-signed the dotted line. We love you, Mars. And he clearly loves wearing that Warriors logo on his left too. A match made in heaven and fizzed to see him re-signs. On to this week, Magic Round in Brizzy, which sees the Broncos play an away game at Suncorp against Manly, and the Warriors play a home game against the Panthers in Brisbane. Make sense of that, and cheers to the NRL. But she's one of the great weekends overall, both on and off the field. I made the trip over last year for it. Unfortunately, won't be there this year, and really regretting that decision already. Can't beat the Caxton pre and post game and I'll be mega jealous of all you lads and lasses that have made the voyage over I've already asked a few people if I'm attending unfortunately not but 2024 you best believe I'll be there some key games for me this weekend and of course all eight games will be available to watch live or on demand as always on Sky Sport now but I've picked out three of the best which I think are bums on seats games for you to watch from the comfort of your couch. The first one, Manly taking on the Broncos tomorrow night. Like I mentioned, she's a home game for Manly. What a stitch up, 10 o'clock kickoff, and both sides are coming in off the back of disappointing shifts, and we'll be looking to right some wrongs and get the dub. For the Broncos, they'll be boosted by the return of two genuine throbbers in pain in the house, and Ezra Mann, both back from suspension, and that will really unlock their attack, which looked really woeful last week, particularly without the big fella in the middle. Thought they got dominated through the ruck for the gulls. Unfortunately, their inspirational prop and the king of snapping blokes, Jake Travojevic, he's been ruled out. Baby cow strain. Great to see his younger brother though, Tommy T, named in the one. And they'll also get bolstered by the returns of Brad Parker and Tolatau Kohler in the centres. I'm thinking a full strength Broncos side though. They'll be too strong here. But again, you just never know in the 2023 edition of the NRL. And if Tommy, he's able to fire on all cylinders after a week off, which I don't think he's done all year, then maybe... Just maybe the girls could pull this one off. Warriors vs Panthers, 5pm kickoff to get your Super Saturday triple header underway. And she's great news for Warriors fans with Coach Webby naming both Chans and Skipper Tohu. Two massive returns to come back into our side. And whether Tohu actually plays, we'll have to see closer to kickoff. I heard Justin Morgan Talking on the radio during the week, he reckons he's a 70-30 shot. But of course you got to name him and we'll see closer to kick off. The impact of these two lads will be huge for us, especially Tohu and his ability to ball play through the middle. He gives us that option to just play a little more expansive and also brings that level four lockdown defense whenever he's in the mixer. And then Chance at the back, he's safe as houses. You can always set your watch to him, a real attacking threat. And it also means Dallin can move back out onto the wing where he plays his best footy. So as a result, Vili Vailea, he drops back to the New South Wales Cup side, who of course remain at the top of the table. By the way, shout out to them going great guns. They better stacked Roosters side on the weekend as well. Sammy Walker, Dylan Napa, Nathan Brown, all trotting round on Mount Smart. So that was a great dub for them. Ronald Volkman, ripping and a tearing. You love to see it. Joshy Curran, he also goes back to the bench after putting in that honourable shift last weekend. The people's mullet 
playing some great code for the Rith. And again, it's just uh, like I mentioned, Nelson Asafa Solomona, he came back for the Storm in Warriors Week. Now they get back James Fisher-Harris, who returns at prop, and what could be a massive boost for them, adding some real starch through the middle, and no doubt looking to prove a point against the only Kiwi side in the comp. And saying that though, I back Adam, those Shakira hips, and Marata Niakore to take care of him, and rattle a few rigs in the middle, really looking to take it to this Penrith pack. So it's 7th versus 8th on the ladder, but of course we all know the back-to-back -back champs, they're a better side than what the table suggests. She's going to be a big task, taking on a quality football side, stacked with origin and international talent, and they're looking to bounce back after suffering an embarrassing loss. Add to that, it's our third game in 11 days and our second trip over the Tasman in such a short turnaround and saying that, how good would it be to hand them back-to-back -back losses and show that Webby was the dominant coach? in that Panthers system. The keys to victory for me, defensively, we're going to have to be locked in. Cleary, To'o, Crichton, Edwards, Isaiah Yo, Fisher-Harris, Zach Hosking, son of Mike. The old cats, they're loaded on attack and they've got threats all across the park. So if we can front up defensively and look to limit their opportunities, that'll go a long way in securing us a famous victory on attack. I'd love to see us go back to that expansive style and I think we will of course. We were weather restricted last weekend but a quick glimpse of the forecast in Brizzy shows she's going to be a hissing 25 degrees clear skies a doozy of a day. So with Tohu back in the middle let's let the nut fly. Throw some shots at these baskets and really test out their D which I must add has conceded the fewest points in the comp but they haven't taken on the Warriors yet so let's go get him kicking wise SJ he's gonna have to really step up again he kicked for almost 700 meters against the chocks and kicked over that against the storm so a repeat dose that's needed here and hopefully we can take that same tactic other sides have used so far against the Rith send the ball down to Ruva's flank rather than Toto's, Negators hissing kicking returns, and those PCMs of doom. And we're going to have to look to really bring some line speed to really trap their backs in their own half and not allow them to get those unreal carries working out of their own ends. Overall, I think you already know what I'm going to say here. I'll be back in the lads 100% to go over there, win this so-called home game, and do it off the back of a spirited defensive effort and a bit of controlled razzle-dazzle on attack. If anyone knows how to beat the Rith, it's Webby, and no doubt he's had this game circled since the day he signed for our gig, scheming up ways to get the better of his old side. So once again in Webby we trust, and up the mighty was. Your third and final feature game for Magic Round for me, Storm vs Bunnies, the last of the Saturday night triple header, third vs fourth, with the Bunnies playing back-to-back -back weeks at Suncorp and looking to continue their hissing form of late and turn around that result of round five just four weeks ago when the Storm got the better of them, 18 points to 12 at home. For South Sydney, just the one change with A Knight's Tale, one of the great movies that Liam Knight returning from a knee niggle to make his 2023 season debut replacing big Davey Mowali. And shout out to Davey too, thought he's been great for the Bunnies so far this year and he's the only ever bloke I've seen to spell Dave with two V's, that's a true rugby league name right there. 
So you got to tip your hat to him for the Storm. She's the same 17 that ran out against the Waz pre the buy. So Bellamy, he's got the luxury of sticking to the if it ain't broke, don't fix it method. Still no Ryan Pappenhausen. But in Nick Meany, they found a more than capable replacement. And this game should be a real nail biter. By far the game of the week for me. Outside of the Warriors versus the Rith, of course. And this should be some top shelf footy. Today, gun to the head, ongoing bunnies, and back that trio to continue to dominate opposition defences. So overall, Magic Round, she promises to be another bums-on-seat spectacle with unfortunately no game tonight. Do love me some Thursday night footy, but Volandis and co, they've made up for it with three games on your Sunday, so you can wind down your sporting week with back-to-back-to-back clashes and God's game. Sign me up for that, and if you're over in Brizzy this weekend, I'm bloody jealous. Make sure you send me some videos of you getting stuck in. Say hi to the Caxton for me. Boy, do I miss that place, especially the pokey room, one of the great rugby league establishments. Kicking off the weekly wrap with the NBA and she was upset City in game one of the conference semi-finals with the underdog Heat, Sixers and Lakers all getting wins on the road to start off their series. And for the Heat, the injury to Jimmy Butler was the main concern for them. They got the 108-101 win but it was off the back of a massive shift from him. Old Himmy, he averaged 37.4 points in that Bucks series almost single-handedly led them to beating the top-seeded team. He had 25 in this game before injuring his ankle with five minutes left in the fourth quarter. From there on out, stayed on the floor but didn't score a point. Most importantly, though, the Knicks, they really missed their opportunity here. They went scoreless in the next seven possessions, and with that, the game was over. The Brunson burner, Jalen Brunson, he led the way for the Knicks once again. They were without Julius Randle, but they're shooting way too poor. Seven of 34 from deep, 21%. Brunson himself, he went 0 from 7 as well, and that ultimately led to their Game 1 demise. In Game 2 yesterday, though, she was a slightly different story. No butler for the Heat, Julius Randle back for the Knicks, so I expected this to be a bit more of an emphatic win than what it was for New York. Again, the Heat showed they won't roll over. They stayed around and played it tough. Went down 111 to 106, but they actually led the game by six points with seven minutes left in the fourth quarter. Again, though, the Brunson burner leading the way, 30 points. Points on six from ten from three. So a massive shift there from game one. He was also joined by his running mate, the stat magnet Julius Randall, who finished with 25 points, 11 boards, and eight assists. Those assists being his third most he's had all season as well. So slotting back in perfectly and playing that playmaker role. In the end, the healthy Knicks, just too good. They had a field day on the glass as well. They grabbed 39% of offensive rebounds and had their most efficient playoff game, scoring 111 off 91 possessions. So off to Miami we go. And the good news for the Heat is they get a four-day turnaround, so plenty of time for old buckets to rest up the ankle. And I have no doubt it'll be back out there for game three. So look out, New York. The Sixers, they added to their impressive winning record this year without the MVP, Joel Embiid, making it 13 wins from 18 games without the big fella on the floor, racking up a huge 119-115 win off the back of a massive night from the beard. 
James Harden. He scored 45 points on 17 from 30 shooting. He was 7 of 14 from deep and hit the game winner as well. A nice little trademark step back with 8.4 seconds left on the clock. Most importantly, he scored 15 points in the fourth quarter to wind her back and give us one of those vintage James Harden performances. She was also a big shift from one Paul Reed, old baller as I like to call him. Not a household name in the NBA. Started for Embiid though, racked up 10 points and 13 boards and he also knocked down four clutch three throws in the final minute to ice the game. So game two of that series goes down today. Embiid is expected to return. The Celtics, they're desperate to level the series. So this should be an entertaining watch. Midday tip-off on ESPN, strap in and enjoy the ride. Nugget Suns, she's 2-0 to Denver as they defend home court. The Joker, my MVP, he took matters into his own hands in game two, scoring 39 points with 16 boards and five assists on a night where his co-star, old Jamal Murray, he really struggled from the floor, 0 from 9 from deep after coming in off a 34-point showing. In game one, the Nuggets, they're 10-0 this year whenever Murray scores over 30 points. So locking him down, that is obviously a key focus for the Suns moving forward. In his absence though, Aaron Gordon, Contavious Cordwell-Pope, they stepped up, hit 10 of 14 from the field and 5 from 7 for deep for 30 much needed points to help get the Nuggets over the line. For Phoenix, game one, Durant and Booker, they were incredibly quiet. They shot only five three-point attempts combined. However, in game two, they came out firing, scoring 59 points on 56 shots, while the rest of the team chipped in for 28 points as well. It's their bench unit, though, where they continue to get exposed. In game two, the Rimu, they only combined for a season low four points, going 2 of 16 in the shooting stats. I mean, Durant and Booker, they had to play 44 minutes each. That is just way too high, and it just maybe shows how much depth they gave up for KD in that trade. And saying that, though, anytime you have a chance to land a Kevin Durant, you absolutely have to chuck the house at it. How good would a Cam Johnson be for them? Coming off the pine to knock down some shots, though something to think about there so the series now goes on to phoenix and the footprint center what a name for an arena for games three and four and for me the key will be whether old chris paul can lace up he left the game midway through the third quarter with a groin injury listed as day-to-day the suns need their veteran point guard the old dog he actually turns 38 this weekend i don't think they can win this series with old cp from wish Cammy Payne running the cutter. They'll look to give Booker more minutes at the point guard role, but they still won't be anywhere near as strong as they would be without having all four of their stars out there on the floor. And then finally, the series we're all interested in, Lakers versus Golden State, with the Lake Show getting the win, 117 to 112 off the back of a mammoth shift from Mr. Always Dominant, AD totaled 30 points, 23 rebounds, 5 assists and 4 blocks on what was his best performance of the playoffs so far. And while Looney did a great job on Sabonis in that King series, this game certainly showed AD he's a different beast and it'll be panic stations in the Golden State camp now as they try and find a way to stop the big fella from repeating the dose 
in game two tomorrow. The other keys to victory for me, the Lakers defense, they managed to keep the Warriors under 40% in game one and force them into taking numerous tough shots. That last attempt from Jordan Poole, a great example of it. Nine seconds left on the clock. They forced the ball out of Curry's hands, the whirlpool. He shot from the car park, a horrible attempt. And that was the end of the ball game. Vanderbilt did a heck of a job on Curry. Forced the Warriors into settling for too many jump shots. They were 7 of 24 from the paint. And that is what happens as a result of some real lockdown D. Also what stood out for me, the three throw disparity. The Lakers shot 29 attempts, making 25 of them compared to the Warriors 6 for 5 makes. That's 20 extra points the Lake Show picked up from the charity stripe. And I guess it just highlights the differing in mindsets between these two teams. A bit of the new school versus the old school. AD shot more free throws than the whole Warriors team combined. Whereas the Warriors shot 53 three-pointers compared to the Lakers, 25. So overall, a massive win for the Lake Show. Pick up the dub on the road in game one. They'll look to repeat the dose tomorrow, and I've no doubt a fired Warriors side will be doing everything they can to defend home court before the series heads to LA. And as mentioned, one o'clock tip-off ESPN, so knock off work early. Tell the boss Surly said you could and treat yourself to some A-class basketball because this series feels to me like it's going to be one that delivers on all the hype. Also touched on it before, but should re-mention congrats to the big fella Joely Embiid on winning the MVP. A monster season from him, averaging 31 points, 10.2 boards and 1.7 blocks per game. Some truly elite numbers. Would he have been my vote? Personally, I think the Joker should have got the tick for me. He led his team of predominantly role players to the number one seed in the West. He averaged 24.5 points, 9.8 assists, the highest ever recorded by a centre in NBA history, and also 11.8 rebounds while racking up 58 double-doubles, the second most in the league, and 29 triple-doubles the highest in the league. But hey, is what it is. Well done to Embiid, a beast of a player, and you can't argue he doesn't deserve it either. His first MVP, he's been knocking on the door for a few years now, so hats off to the big fella. Just quickly to round out your weekly wrap as well, which has largely just been NBA chat. Certainly the main event, in my eyes, outside of the footy codes at the moment. Congrats to Steve Alka, the Alka Seltzer, for his big win on the old PGA Tour champions in the golf. He won the Insperity Invitational for the second straight year, finished with a 6-under 66 for a four-shot victory and a healthy payday too, 656 thousand New Zealand dollars not bad for the old fella and surely the old Joe Rum and Cocos were on him after a payday like that also shout out to the Wellington Phoenix Ollie Sale and co who got a 1-0 win on the road last week to book themselves a spot in the A-League finals where they'll take on the third placed Adelaide United tomorrow night over in Radelaide. We've played them three times so far this year. One draw, one win, one loss. So fingers crossed we can cross the Tasman and give them a good push. Come away with the upset. It'll be bloody good to see the Knicks progress into the semi-finals and keep 
their championship hopes alive. And then finally, just a quick little shout out to David Light. Of course, the Kiwi boxer fought for a title not long ago. News broke yesterday. He'd suffered a minor stroke and he was in hospital recovering. Hopefully a speedy and quick recovery for him and he can get himself back into the ring as soon as possible. It's always scary when you hear news like that. Seems like a heck of a New Zealander. So fingers crossed things go well for David. Q&A time now, we've picked out four of the best, so let's rip into those. The first one comes through from Anthony Peake, who's actually a diehard Landers fan, so no doubt he'll be hoping for the big upset tomorrow night. He says, New Zealand Warriors injury update on Barnett, Metcalf and others, and this is a question I get a lot in the DMs throughout the week, so no doubt plenty of you are keen to listen in. Barnett, from what I've seen, he's back out on the training paddock, but of course not into contact yet. Justin Morgan mentioned he needs to go and see a specialist again. Hopefully that's just to tick a few boxes. He's always said three to four-ish weeks so maybe post that buy we'll get another update on Big Mitch. They're being cautious and for good reason. Of course you don't want to mess around with that neck area so hopefully we see him back out on the paddock soon but encouraging to see him back out there running around with the boys and looking like he's enjoying himself. Lukey Met, he's come out and said he's targeting that Bulldogs game next week. Whether that's for Topside or New South Wales Cup we'll have to see. Of course we do have the bye the week after that so maybe we see him back in the top grade for that Broncos game in Napier. He's running back at full flight. Boy does he look quick and exciting to see him back out on the paddock. Of course he ripped up in that preseason trial against the Tigers. We are down a six at the moment. Dylan Walker doing an admirable job but he's more suited to that Ben Troll, adding some fizz off the remu. So excited to see Lukey Met back out there and hopefully it will be in that Bulldogs game. In terms of your others, Braden Villiarme, he's taking a while to recover from that calf. I understand she's been a bit of a complicated one, but again, he's back out on the paddock, so you'd have to think he's close. Chance, of course, he's back this week. Tohu, he's named to trot out. Jazz, six to eight weeks, so not such good news. A high-grade calf strain. We're going to miss the old ball bash, brother, but no doubt he'll be working his ass off to get back out onto the paddock as quick as possible. And, and with Tamare Martin, I understand they're still targeting that round 14-ish return for him. So he's still a month or so away. Boy, do we miss him. But again, exciting that come the back end of the season, hopefully we should be back to full health with all lads back in that Warriors jersey. And that makes us an incredibly dangerous prospect down the home stretch. Your next question, NBA picks for the final eight. In terms of your series, hopefully I see the Celtics beating the Sixers in that one. I think Denver will be too strong for Phoenix, especially if Chris Paul is out. I think the Knicks, they will go down to the heat, especially if Jimmy Butler is able to get back out there for game three. I just think Miami, they're a different beast come playoff time. I certainly would have predicted this before the finals got underway. I thought they were going to get swept by the Bucks, 
boy was I wrong and then in the LA Golden State series obviously incredibly biased I'm a massive LeBron James fan but I think the Lakers get them in either six or seven games it's going to go right down to the wire every game is going to be an exciting watch but hopefully AD, Bron, Russell and co can get the chocolate would love to see the GOAT progress and hopefully he can get that fifth wing to really push himself up there and end any chatter that Curry is in the same stratosphere as him as a player. Your next questions come through from Travis Moody, long time listener, long time question asker and he says, what's better for footy, a packed 20,000 stadium or a half filled 60,000 capacity stadium? Great question there Travis and look for me, you only have to look to Mount Smart on the weekend. I think a packed 20,000 stadium is a lot better than a half filled Eden Park. The atmosphere when she's full you just can't beat it. I like my smaller stadiums so much easier for the crowd to get involved you seem so much closer to the action it's almost like you're in the game as a fan and that's what encourages people to get vocal make some noise and really ride the roller coaster with the lads unfortunately super rugby she's been struggling to draw big crowds great to see the Chiefs game sold out on the weekend again another example of a smaller stadium packed to the rafters those are when you get those great atmospheres where sitting on your couch at home the crowd it all just comes through your TV screen and it adds another dimension to the game itself so for me it's always better to get bums on seats we want full houses in New Zealand sport so I'd take a packed 20,000 stadium any day of the week great question there Travis and then we'll finish with a barnstormer and that is would you rather all blacks win the world cup blues win super rugby your NPC team win the Bunnings Far Cup or Northcote win in the North Harbour Prems and geez this one's a tough one you're pulling on multiple heartstrings there notice you left out the Warriors because that probably would have got the first tick in the box with these options though I'm probably going to have to go Northcote to win the North Harbour Premiership obviously we've won two before went back to back in 2017 and 2018 and boy was that absolute scenes a couple of great days on the Waitakere Dakeries and for me just hits different when you ride in the mixer there so I'd go the coat win definitely as your number one in terms of your number two that's where it gets tight obviously you want the All Blacks to win the World Cup and we're heading over to France so that would be special the Blues geez we're due a super rugby title of course we won the New Zealand competition doesn't quite hit the same though as winning the real deal and then the mighty harbour heat there's just something about NPC footy that really gets you going the grassroots without it there is no tree so it'd be great to see harbour win the comp and also win the Ramfurly shield that would be right up there for me so coat to win in clear first after that there's a bees dick between the rest of them I'd probably go All Blacks World Cup win, Harbour and then the Blues. All four would be bloody good to see. Maybe the one year where we pick up the clean sweep. Chuck the Warriors in the mix as well and should be parades down Queen Street galore. And hopefully that can happen this year. Would make 2023 one of the greatest sporting years on record. That's for sure. So appreciate all your questions. Remember to fire them through on your Wednesday. Always love hearing from you all. And up the Q&A. 
That's us for another week. Once again, shout out to the lads, Shooter and Anton, for their time. Hope you enjoyed that quick little yarn. And hopefully we can get the duo back on again ahead of finals footy for another Chiefs check-in. Shout out to the legends at Sky Sport now as well for supporting the show. If you're like me, you love your NRL, NBA, Super Rugby, Formula One, UFC, A-League, whatever it may be, Sky Sport now is your one-stop shop for all things sport here in New Zealand, live or on demand. It's the place to catch all the action, so head along to the website if you're not already a customer and check out all they have to offer. I guarantee you won't be disappointed. A huge year of sport still ahead of us. World Cups galore, so sign yourself up now and get in the mix. So we're back at it again tomorrow for Surly Talks Punting, so I'll catch you then. How good's a Thursday? Go well.